afternoon. I'm Rhonda Feynman, and this is the Healthy Options Program. Our topic today is art expression, creativity, and well-being. Our guest is art educator and creative childhood development expert, Bridget Matros. Bridget Matros is an artist, musician, and arts educator, currently presenting classes for children and adults at Waterfall Arts in Belfast. She studied social psychology at Oberlin College, focusing on childhood development and school reform. And she has a wide range of teaching experience from preschool music to computer literacy for elders. She's passionate about arts education and she is here today to talk with us about how creative expression is essential for good health in children and adults, especially during these extremely challenging times. Welcome to Healthy Options, uh, Bridget Matros. We're so glad you could be with us here today. And, you know, I should tell everybody we are pre-recording this and we have already had some good Zoom problems. <laughs> so we're already starting out being creative, aren't we? Absolutely. Let's see if we can make this happen. So um, you're also featured, I want to say, hot off the press in, Maine, in the Maine Arts Journal Fall 2020 issue. And we're talking about creativity's big moments. So this fits right in to our conversation. What, what are you talking about? What's happening? What, how are you doing your work in this, uh, this crazy time? Yeah, well, what I was uh, talking about in that, um, in that journal article was something that I'm just seeing all over the place, which is that people that do not at all identify as creative individuals are just killing it right now in the pandemic. Like parents who normally would just back right out of any opportunity to get creative through art making are doing an amazing job of doing the impossible, you know, doing their jobs in very different ways or making ends meet having lost, uh, you know, one parent's income stream, having the kids in school, having the kids out of school, trying to figure out how to have the kids doing school online. Like there's just so many unexpected factors that are tweaked differently for every family. So no one has a manual on how to do it and people are figuring it out. And what people don't realize is that is creativity. Figuring it out, pivoting, that word, oh my goodness. I know. <laughs> what do you think? Isn't that crazy? What do you think about that word? I think, yes. What do you think? You know, there's a, there's a word for every year. I think people have a lot of different choice words for 2020, but I, I would vote that the overused word <laughs> in a time of change and adaptation is certainly pivot. I'm, I'm done with it. I, yes. So we can now throw out into the audience these ideas of what other word? Adaptation, creativity. Okay. Yep. Yes. Well, why is creativity such a scary word? You've uh, mentioned this in the past, and and yeah. um, what happens to adults? What happened to us? What? It's so funny. I really think that it's it is something about language and how, at least for us in America, and you know the last I don't know if it's like the twenty twenty or thirty years that creativity went from being something that was just known that all of us have and tap into throughout our lives to being associated specifically with the arts. And the problem there is not only are the arts undervalued in, in our culture in the United States, but also that we tend to think of people having, having talent, right, or not having talent. Where creativity isn't like that. Creativity is uh, a muscle, so to speak, but it's an aptitude that all of us are born with. And there's actually studies where there's this longitudinal study where they followed this group of people from birth through adulthood, which is amazing. That's, that's so rare that happens. And they were specifically measuring um, different, uh, I don't know how they had measures of creativity, but what they were looking at were behaviors, right, of, of um, problem solving, imagination, and things like that. And they watched this percentage of creativity or this rating of creativity plummet through the years so that these adults are, are basically, you know, creatively deficient people. And I think so many people can relate to that and can remember when they were children, especially, um, you know, I'm a 
Gen Xer, so I might be the last of the kids that were just playing in the yard with like dirt and cardboard boxes. Mm-hmm. But we were all capable of creating these worlds and of, you know, sort of making do with what we had in a way that we can see that people are really struggling with now and are um, almost, com- well, compulsively turning to technology and our cell phones to just kind of feed us stuff. Whereas back in the day, <laughs> we would actually be really exercising this muscle of um, imagination and innovation. So it, it, it is really interesting and unfortunate that creativity got, kind of got shuffled into this um, more exclusive type of thing. So we've just lost touch, some, some in schooling, perhaps, in socializing mm-hmm. about what's valued or what we have, the capacity we have in ourselves to mm-hmm. think through a problem, perhaps? Yeah. Is that part of it? How we yeah. approach problem solving or, or? That's the question. Right. Yeah. And, you know, when I'm doing um, workshops with, like, say, preschool teachers, um, these are often people that are putting themselves in the category of, I'm no artist, I'm not creative. And, and the first thing I do is say, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> like, let's, mm. let's break that down. Let's, let's find where you are creative because we need to drag like painting away from creativity in your brain. And so we just go through, and this is something everybody should do, is look back on your day. At the end of the day, you're lying in bed, trying to fall asleep, trying to not think about the state of the world. And instead, go from your morning to your present moment and find the moments in your day when you had to problem solve, mm-hmm. when you had to take some sort of constraint and make it work. And what you find is you're having creative moments all the time. And in order to, you know, to, as you said, get that back, the first step is just recognizing it and kind of you know, celebrating it in some way, but you're, you know, just like any other behavior, you need to positively reinforce it, right? And you can't do that if you're not seeing that in yourself. So, you know, mechanics, you could be at work and you just nailed it with some really weird solution with something that you had on hand. People who cook, I don't cook. (laughs) A major creative block, but it fascinates me that people are able to, um, rather than work from a recipe, see a couple things that they have and use them in different ways. And so there's so many ways that people can just recognize, and I'm, I'm speaking particularly to adults, recognize that this is something that they're doing and it's something that step one is just recognizing it and positively reinforcing it and not kind of doing this thing that people do again because of the shame from when they were younger and you know their creativity was kind of taken away from them. We tend to kind of roll our eyes or, or we feel like it's indulgent to do something creative or if we did think out of the box it's not really something you you would point out because it's kind of bragging or something but Hmm. you know what that's if if you really want to get better at thinking outside of the box you really kind of start needing to to pay more attention to it really and honor that yes yeah look what I did it's like a little kid look what I made look what I did absolutely absolutely check it out and this is something that teachers do all the time especially on Facebook We have these affinity groups on Facebook where we not only help each other problem solve, but we say, check this out. This is brilliant. If I do say so myself, here's how I just did the impossible. And it's such a cool habit to get into. So I'm, I'm remembering, you know, my niece coming in and having her great scribble and there we put it on the refrigerator front and center and my sister-in-law and I looking at each other and my sister-in-law saying, well, this is not, you know, well, we, I, I keep coming up with the Joni Mitchell because she could sing. She wrote amazing songs and she was also an amazing artist, you know, visual artist, right? Just as an example, you know, she's not a Picasso. And I'm like, well, maybe she is. I don't know yeah. who she is. She's got yeah. her good scribble going. She's playing with the colors. She's getting her hand-eye coordination. She's doing exactly what she's supposed to do. And she came home and presented it to all of us yep. with the, like, look. Here it is. Yeah, the, the, the real problem is if the child is bringing home stuff that does make sense to the adult, right? Especially the, you know, I love it when 
when adults say to me, I'm no artist. And then I hear them judging their kids work. <laughs> it's like, you just said that you don't feel like you have the uh, expertise, shall we say, <laughs> to, be, to be parsing the visual language. And yet, you know, kids are bringing home things that are 100% expressive or exploratory, right? Exactly. And so the adult is going, it doesn't look like anything. Well, first of all, two things to that. One is that the child may not be um, making anything representational and kids understand abstraction a heck of a lot better than most um, adults do. But also that there is there are steps to creativity, just, just like if you're creative in cooking, you need to learn how to use the oven without burning yourself, right? And so any of us, whether we're babies or we're, whether we're adults learning how to weld or something, we don't start expressing ourselves. We start just figuring out the stuff and playing with it and mastering use of our materials. So yeah, that always, that always cracks me up. And it's so important though at the same time to really encourage adults to back off when their kids are bringing things home. I do have to say, uh, and 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 if my and if if my sister-in-law is listening to this, it, this is not a criticism because <laughs> she is absolutely the most creative and uh, accepting, and you know, and and my niece has grown up to be a very creative individual. Okay, just didn't want to get into family uh, problems uh, uh, right there, <laughs> but um, but we but it was the sense of it, that art should look a certain way, and I think yeah. That's the thing. And the idea is you would never really tell a toddler or somebody playing, you know, the crayons doing this thing. You'd never say, well, don't put the blue there, put it there. Or would you? Or, or is that something that little kids have to deal with, you know? <laughs> yeah. So it's like, I want to say, I want to say you shouldn't, but yeah. we do. We really do. And, and, and that's, it's, it's a bizarre habit that we have, but it actually has consequences because what happens is, you know, it, it, it's also funny that we've kind of adapt, adopted this term of, um, what do they say? You, you, there is no wrong in art or there are no mistakes in art, which is kind of a, a weird thing to say. But at the same time, the teachers that are saying that really have trouble understanding what that looks like. So, yeah. uh, you know, we, we want the, uh, the drawing of the face to look how we think a drawing of a face should be. Well, that's how we end up with kids who don't feel like, who are losing their creative, um, their creative powers, so to speak, is because art or self-expression isn't about creating something that someone else understands or accepts. It's about tapping into the more sort of innate thing that comes out of us. And so as adults, when we teach kids, here's what a house looks like, square, <laughs> triangle mm -hmm. on top of it you know, that is craft, that, that is not mm -hmm. art, you know, saying to a kid, draw whatever you want, and seeing what happens, and then asking them, maybe, tell me about this, what is this for you, that is the creative process, right? Hmm. So giving permission, and then we could do it to ourselves, I guess, as an adult, we can call it beginner's mind again, going mm -hmm. back to um, just playing, wow, yeah. wow, going just to, to play. Now, there is a game, um, I, what was it? Somebody gave it to me, it's, it's uh, gosh, I can't remember. Oh, it's called, uh, I, it has to do with, it's, these, uh, it's a board with cars and you have to figure out how to get the red, the, the taxi, it's a very urban game, and the red taxi <laughs> out, right, out of this little maze, okay? And uh -huh. I remember I was given it a few years ago and I'm sitting on the floor in the, my very own living room and I empty all of these pieces on the floor and it's making this sound that reminds me of being a little kid with Legos or with me, you know, with blocks or these wooden things. And all of a sudden it was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I haven't experienced this forever. And it right. was really so much fun to have the sense sense sensation of it the audio sensation the visual it was like taking your toys sitting in the living room or wherever you are and throwing them on the floor and then doing something yeah and it was yeah. like whoa what we should all be doing this right this is especially now 
Yeah. So, and, and, you know, some people will sit there and look at the pieces and just go, I just kind of freeze up like, okay, I don't know what to do here. And, but you would find over time that if you're giving yourself and, you know, we can like quote unquote call it indulgence if it makes you feel more secure about doing it. But <laughs> if you spend more time um, just exposing yourself to new new things, weird movies that you would never watch. If you just kind of follow your curiosities, carve out a little bit of time every week to just check something out that you always wondered about with, without any outcome, without any goal, you know, okay, I'm, I'm going to learn how to do this new thing over the next three weeks, but just kind of exploring stuff, you know, kind of forcing yourself to check out um, a virtual tour of some historic site or museum. Or just exploring some, even going into a store. Like, let's, let's work with somebody who's like really, really uncomfortable with creativity. Go into a store you would never go into and just check it out. After, over time, you would find that that is kind of warming up those muscles, right? So that then when you are actually dealing with a pen in your hand or uh, to take it away from... Um, art making some kind of unexpected situation you've been exercising that muscle of getting outside of the box and the more you're kind of they call it like priming the pump for artists the more stuff you're putting in the more um, it's like lubricating the joints the more flexible you are in kind of all parts of your life it's, it's really an interesting thing to think about just that the more uh, the less rigid and confined you make your day to day, the more you're flowing. That should make sense, right? Absolutely. And there is this goal orientation or mastery pressure yeah. that yeah. so many of us put on ourselves. So if I've decided that I'm going to relearn the piano, Mm-hmm. It's not just enough to just learn a few, t- you know, just learn and, or get the sensation or the tactile or the, the fun of having your hands on the keys. Yep. All of a sudden you have to be playing Mozart. Yep. Yep. Why do you have and to that- do that? Or, or, or Charlie Parker or, you know, whatever your genre is, right? But why? Why do we do that? Why do we have to have that expectation? As you said, we have to master this. Why can't something just be fun? Right. And then, of course, you will fail because those people spent their entire lives, you know, doing, improving their craft. But also, you're, you're not doing that exploration. As soon as you put a judgment on it, you're not able to fully explore. And that's another thing that we, we tend to get really rigid with. Even with, if you're just, you know, talking with your partner about where you're going to go on vacation, right? You tend to in conversation, or many of us tend to in conversation, we're kind of filtering out our bad ideas versus brainstorming. And brainstorming is so great for, again, exercising that kind of opening up and more creative thinking. When you're brainstorming, you're just dumping everything that comes to mind. It's like free association. You don't filter out any good or bad ideas. And that ends up being so more creative. You're going to find so many more interesting things that would not have come up if you were just sitting there and making a list with yourself and only writing down things that seem uh, very possible or doable. You know, I'm remembering um, when I was in acupuncture school, uh, one of my great teachers, uh, I will mention him, Leon Hammer, who is a, a, just a, a brilliant, he was also a child psychologist, a brilliant acupuncturist and herbalist as well. And he said when he was in um, medical school, uh, he's in his, if he's in his 90s, you know, now. So he was way back in the early um, 19, uh, 20th century um, or mid 20th century. He, um, there was this old guy, as he said, was brought on the stage and taught, and, and he was sometime when we're supposed to revere. And it turned out to be one of the people, the mathematicians and persons, uh, and, and uh, medical person who 
worked with the standard deviation. This idea that there is a that there's a mean and you go above the mean or below the mean and there's probability that if you go in this direction too far that's not going to be realistic if you go down mm -hmm. you won't have you won't have any uh, outcomes and so there's the standard deviation and we started to create our world with this idea that this is the norm this is where we go and that the probability of success decreases if you go off this particular number and there's this old guy, and as my teacher said, as Leon said, and he said he was practically weeping. And he said his greatest regret, and he will take this mourning and grieving to his grave, said this person on the stage, is that he created the standard deviation because all he can think about are all of the creative and unusual inventions and ideas and solutions that have been thwarted because of the right. deviation. So. Ugh. Right. So, so, and this was told to us, who knows why, in an acupuncture setting, class setting, but uh, this idea that we shut down, and now it, it's also standardized in our culture to shut down, that we can't go down this road because the idea that, that, that the outcome may not be successful. But, however, we what we're saying here is what? We have to go down those roads in order to get to the new ideas or the new solutions or whatever that we're doing. Yeah, and you know, scientists do this all the time. Like scientists really work hard to not get stuck within the standard deviation of possibility type of situation yeah. and think way out of the box. And so I think, again, like just to take it out of artistry and put it back into everybody's grasp that kind of wide open thinking is so hard for so many of us it's not because we don't have it it's because we haven't been practicing and i love reading stuff by einstein because again some people like pigeonhole him into going well he's an artist and then they find these quotes because he was also a philosopher and go well it's so cool that he thought that, but he's the guy that, you know, it's at least attributed, you know, how quotes and attribution are yeah. like so crazy sometimes. But I really do believe that he said that um, creativity is, is intelligence uh, at play or having fun. And that might at, at first glance sound like he was saying like, oh, creativity is, is kind of cutesy cutesy. It's like, if you're smart, but you're wasting your time being cute. But what in fact he was saying was that Creativity is when your intelligence is actually doing stuff. You know, it's, it's working, it's making connections, it's the brain doing what it does. And so intelligence is one thing, but it's sort of static. And creativity is taking intelligence and, and motivation and kind of mixing them up and making um, extraordinary things happen. Einstein wouldn't have gotten anywhere if he were not such an incredibly creative person. Ooh, hold that thought. Yes, uh, because I just have to tell people who just tuned in that you're listening to the Healthy Options program on WERU Community Radio. I'm Rhonda Feynman. We're speaking with Bridget Matros, art educator and instructor at Waterfall Arts in Belfast about the healing aspects of creativity and um, how we are all creative. And uh, now we, we're, we can all learn from uh, the Einstein part of ourselves, can't we? That's that's where Absolutely. we're. <laughs> that is the the other sense of play and and um, expression, and you know I'm thinking of John Coltrane, there, uh, who uh, if, if people are in, uh, know John Coltrane into jazz, he's one of the avant garde, one of the uh, innovators of of incredible expression in of sound in a very particular way in jazz, he played the saxophone. But what he would be doing before he went on or between sets, he would be practicing scales. Mm -hmm. So there's that sense that, that it's not, I don't know how to say this, but that, that there, has, there, there is also some container, there is some discipline in our creativity yeah. in order to, it, it's almost like, it's not like there are boundaries because with John Coltrane, there were no boundaries, but he used technique and he used a boundary, a scale as a boundary. These notes. Yeah. Are, 
And yet he was able to take that boundary and express it. And I would think from your visual art world, you, of course, that we have um, many, many, many examples of that. Yeah, and you just nailed two really important things about um, developing creativity. And one is that, you know, I have this big list that I'm looking at in front of me of, of things that people can do to, to kind of increase their, their creativity. And at the top of my list was um, to know to know your stuff, know more about whatever it is. And so um, Coltrane knew music of all genres inside and out, right? And so let's say that you're a, a landscaper and you're saying, you know, if I'm going to actually kind of survive this economy, I need to I need to really take it to the next level. But I'm not a creative person, so I don't know how to how to kind of counter someone's, you know, if somebody says, all right, I want this filled in with uh, mulch and something else, I don't know how to come back at them and say, but what if? Well, the first step is to really school yourself, to really take your knowledge in whatever your field is and just delve into it so that you have all of the parts that you can draw on, right? Like you're not going to be a Coltrane if your knowledge, <laughs> your physical ability to play isn't, you know, maxed out. So the kind of the more information you have, the more stuff you have to play with. But the other thing that you said, Rhonda, was um, that there was, once he was going, there was no limitation, but there is a constraint, right? Coltrane was playing in a certain key mm-hmm. or he was playing with other people. And so if you are a person that uh, sits down to quote unquote, be creative and let's say you have a sketchbook and you go, okay, I'm just going to doodle more. I'm going to kind of tap into that part of my brain and put my rational side down for a minute. And every day I'm just going to kind of doodle and scribble for a little bit. You could stare at your white paper. We all do that. If we are out of practice, that is a weird thing to do. There's no constraint. Whereas as soon as I do this with kids, as soon as I say, um, all right, pick your favorite color and draw four shapes, boom, then they can start going. So if we set up some sort of constraint to play in, you know, it's hard they say thinking out of the box, build the box first. <laughs> so you know the parameters and that will kind of get you kickstarted. Does that make sense? Yes. And for those who get frozen at the uh-huh. idea of, well, I'm not John Coltrane. I can't possibly pick up a saxophone or I can't yeah. possibly sing. I can't do that. That's that you're, you're ahead of yourself. It's the beginner's yes. mind. Build the box. Yeah. I love that. Um, I love that. Everybody right now, pick your favorite four colors and draw four shapes. Your favorite color, Ooh. draw four shapes. Everybody right now. Stop what you're doing, except if you're driving, pull over very carefully. <laughs> and, and that's it. Get out your crayons, which I know you have somewhere in the back of your drawers, right? Yeah. We, know, we know they're there. You just haven't looked at them. They're a little dusty. Okay. I love it. And, and you know what? Even artists um, and non-artists alike, I, I implore you to check out. There's something called Inktober. Have you ever heard of this? Before, no, Rhonda? tell us. Okay. So... Inktober was, and I'm saying I-N-K, Inktober, was started by an artist who was uh, a pen and ink um, illustrator who would give themselves and their colleagues, um, their cohort, a, a selection of prompts, a daily prompt. And it's just a word. And so now this is kind of spread to all sorts of people tuning into this person's list of sort of arbitrary words. Um, so if you put it, if you look up uh, inktober.com, I think it is, you'll get this year's list of prompts. And you don't have to be a visual artist to give yourself, you know, say five minutes a day and you go to, so today's October 1 and there's a word. I don't remember what today's is. I don't have it in front of me, but um, you could either just doodle whatever comes to mind, or you could write a haiku, which is another very accessible thing that all of us could do if you just need to look up like that it's five syllables, seven syllables, but really whatever it is, your thing, like if it's cooking for your family, okay, how are you going to put, you know, the word ghost or that concept into what you do? It's just a little spark. And that little spark of anything creative every day can start with a word that's so much easier than just randomly saying, I want to do something creative every day. No, you're not. 
because <laughs> you are not going to be able to come up with something or you're not going to feel that spark. So you do something, but it'll be lame and you're not going to do it tomorrow. So I definitely I, highly recommend that to anybody to just check that out. Even if it's, um, you know, I mentioned the meal. If you have uh, like imagination meals on Mondays and you and your family set, decide that every Monday you're going to have some sort of theme, like it's going to be dinner in outer space <laughs> or dinner speaking uh, a new language that you've all made up. Is that possible? Oh do you think gosh, anyone would wanna, actually do that? I want to like be part of this. I want to do this. I want to dinner in outer space. Oh, come on. <laughs> oh yeah. So in 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 back in the day, maybe mm -hmm. we open up our dictionary and just see where it opened, and then pick a word on the page. That's your, right. You know. Remember that yeah. someone didn't have to generate a word for us. I'm sorry. Getting back. No, to it's so true. It's and so I can't true. remember. I can't remember which Zoom call it was because we did have some technical difficulties. But we were talking about, oh, you were saying this before, of being of one of the last generations where we went outside and played with a, an empty box and created our a world in dirt and, and earth and, and um, you know, twigs or whatever. Yeah. So then even, it's kind of ironic because I'm talking about grown-ups not being creative, but um, actually, there are a lot of Generation X parents that are baffled that their kids are, um, they think that they're just being cranky and kind of unwilling to be, to be creative and to play imaginatively. But really, a lot of them can't. I mean, I'm seeing them, kids come into my programs that um, are just not having that experience of playing in the yard with a cardboard box for a couple hours a day. Like, they're they're able to be so passive with their uh with their entertainment you know now and adults are doing this too instead of just sitting there and kind of thinking up stuff you pick up your phone and other people have thought of stuff you know so an example is um looking at Rhonda. have you ever gone online and looked up uh videos about hacks about who H-A-C-K-S, hacks. So you could look up like top office hacks. But this is like a, a thing. It's on TikTok and YouTube where yeah. it's just these compilations of brilliant little, they call them life hacks. Like um, like the, my favorite one that I saw last night was, okay, if you want to fill up a bucket with water, but you have like a little rinky-dink sink in your bathroom or in your kitchen. Oh, okay. they took a, Somebody took a dustpan and put the, the dustpan in the sink under the faucet, and then the handle of the dustpan funnels the water out of the sink into the bucket. Yeah. It's brilliant, right? But now we're dependent on looking, you know, we'll Google, how do I fill up a bucket in my sink? Because we know that someone else thought of it. But like our parents were hacking all the time. Oh yeah. Like everything was a life hack. We do this all day long. Yeah. How do we, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, but in our household, I guess we're happy. We're doing oh, it. So we're so, uh, I'll con you know, uh, we're so, you know, of the moment, modern. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what, this is really annoying me, Bridget. Okay, hold on, I'll tell you why. Okay. <laughs> By the way, if you've just tuned in, you're tuned to WERU <laughs> Community Radio. This is Healthy Options Program. I'm Rhonda Feynman, and we're talking with Bridget Matros, artist and art educator about creativity and wellness in children and adults and how all of this will keep us healthy. But why is, what's, what's, what's irritating me about this? The idea that we're we that we are giving up our own sense of of solution of creative thinking of we don't need a yes it's great for the people who who put this little video up but you know we can do this you it doesn't have to be the, the <laughs> you know i'm already thinking you know oh i just have this little plastic thing here you know my old slinky or something no slinky's right yeah i'm like no, just do it yourself, people. Okay. Yeah, this is this is another great, I mean, people intuitively know like, oh, I have to put my phone down or I have to unplug. But this is another aspect of why going, you know, one day, maybe a day of the weekend without technology or you leave your phone at home or something, 
is going to increase your creativity. It's not just because you're getting off up off your couch and not just being passive, but because you can't look stuff up. <laughs> you have to figure it out yourself. Wow. That's really, I, 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 I hear people um, right now breaking out in sweats. You want me to leave my phone where? <laughs> you want me to do what? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. I just want to say, get back to your favorite color and do four shapes right now. <laughs> yeah. Bridget, Natos, do you have uh, any other ideas that we can do now to, uh, to get us back to, to kind of get the, wet, wet the, the, get the juices flowing or get that yeah, yeah. stretch? Well, here's, here's something that I do um, with my students, and it's, it's so funny because it's like the lowest tech thing ever, but they will do it for a solid half hour. And adults can do that in the privacy of their own home without telling anyone. But you just pick up an item. So I'm going to pick up, a, I have the cap to my water bottle. And I, and I would say to the person, okay, what is this? And um, a zero on the creativity level would be, it is the cap to your water your bottle water right bottle. over there. Um, next level would be, and most adults can access this, is well, how could you use it differently? So, um, okay, I could, if I left it next to my nightstand, I could uh, put my morning vitamin in it to remind me, you know, whatever. But third level would be, um, well, this was on my nightstand because, uh, the elf that comes to visit me at night um, has been forgetful lately. This is his hat. <laughs> and uh, I've been finding garments of his. Most of his garments are plastic because he lives in a wet environment. So, you know, if, if I do that with eight, sixth graders, by the second round going around the circle with the same cap, their ideas are crazy. Like they're thinking of things that are just interplanetary. It is insane. But most adults are going to stare at this cap and really struggle with it. So if you do this, you know, at the dinner table or the kids are in the car being annoying and you just chuck something <laughs> from, from the glove box and, and play what is this with them and you play along, that's a really fun way to get started. Another thing that you could do if you, if you have a family and you're thinking, I, I don't know how to get involved when they're doing creative stuff without ruining their creative process is you give everybody the same four items. So like a pipe cleaner and a plastic bag and a Sharpie and a marshmallow or something <laughs> or a piece of foil. And you say, all right, we all have to meet back here in five minutes and see what you made. And just see, see how everybody put the same stuff together that's helpful because you all had the same constraints, right? We talked about the constraints and how that kind of jump starts you, but everybody's going to do something differently. And um, quite frankly, what an adult comes up with with these four items <laughs> might be nothing at the end of the five minutes. They come up back with everything in the bag or, uh, you know, it's just really dumb and wonky, but practice, practice, practice. People don't give up on yourselves. It's a muscle. There you go. Let your children laugh at you. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. I cannot believe you did this. Right. This is good. Okay. <laughs> we're going to put some of this up and we'll put some of the websites up. So we're going to use cool. four objects. Everybody go to your uh, respective corners. Come back in five minutes. Yeah. Oh, can I tell you another one? Oh, tell us more than another one. Yes. Um, break break the patterns in your everyday. So if, if, if you commute, do people commute up here? <laughs> right. Yeah, you drive to work. Union Street to uh, High Street. Yeah. <laughs> if you have a drive to work um, and, you, and you're kind of on auto autopilot when you do it, drive a different way. Because when you think about it, having to take a detour is a, is a creative endeavor. If uh, we have one of our windy main storms and you have to find a new way to get to work, perhaps you live in the boondocks and there's one road out. <laughs> but right. uh, if you have some options and you end up going, okay, actually if I backtrack and then I go around this other way and then you have, end up having this uh, kind of invigorated feeling when you get to work, it's because you had all this new input. So any, any kind of routine that you have 
see if you can't coax yourself into breaking that pattern. Even if you have your morning routine where it's like, okay, I get up and I go have my breakfast and then I get dressed. What happens? I know this is wild. This is crazy talk. What happens if you um, shower first, then get dressed and then eat and you don't check your phone yet? Like just little teensy tiny tweaks are actually just, again, like loosening up the wiring in your mind. You'll get some extra inputs. You're priming the pump with new information and new things, but it's also just kind of loosening you up and getting you more flexible. And that is a creative space to be in. Mm. And if you are walking, if you're working from home now, take a new route to your office. <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. I would say go outside, yeah. walk for 10 minutes yeah. somewhere, and then come back to the office. What do you think? What do you think? Break up. The Absolutely. Routine. Yeah. But, but go someplace way. you never go, right? Or, or go and commit to looking up or go and commit to watching the ground the whole time. I mean, I know this sounds like almost stupid, but it really is just bringing our attention to new things. So you don't have to go on a trip to Thailand to shake things up. You can walk to work only listening to things, really paying attention to, to a different sense. And you're going to have uh, perhaps not the same effect, but great effect in opening up your mind and shaking things up a little bit. This is so exciting. I'm, I'm loving all of these ideas. If you've just tuned in, <laughs> I'm Rhonda Feynman. You're listening to the Healthy Options Program on WERU Community Radio. We're discussing art, expression, creativity. And of course, all of this reflects on our well-being because mm -hmm. we've... Um, created new pathways in our own uh, world. And we are doing this with art educator Bridget Matros right here on WERU. And wow, I'm just loving all of these ideas. And this can be done, you know, when we talk about creativity and art, we're, we're not just talking about visual arts, we're talking about everything. We talked about John Coltrane, right? We, we're talking yep. about landscaping, we're talking about cooking. You know, we're once again reminding everyone, uh, Bridget Nature said that this is our whole life. This is everywhere. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's in your, it's in your everyday. Yeah. And you of course are uh, creating your own hacks as we've just determined that we don't necessarily yes. have to look it up on our phone, but I know we will. Okay. Put your phone down. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, that said, live in the discomfort of not having your electronic electronics with you for even an hour or two and see what that see what comes up. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. That's an interesting idea, isn't it? And I would say the more stress that you feel in that situation, right? The the more you need to, that's an indicator that you need to do it more because you're becoming really rigid and really dependent on other people's ideas. I, I, I really do believe that uh, an addiction to technology is kind of an aversion to our own creativity because it's broken. And so we're feeling like I can't survive without my phone because we've really lost the muscle of problem solving of, uh, you know, self-entertainment, of how to pass the time, of uh, thinking outside the box, and we're just really needing somebody else to do it for us. Mm. So you're dealing with, the, with kids, and you're doing it with, with a lot of these, uh, of these techniques. When does the resistance start? Is the, are you noticing, like, if you're working with uh, preschoolers, or you're working with third grade or five, fifth grade or seventh grade, what, what yeah. do you notice, um, you know? The well, the reason why I kind of ended up getting into all this, you know, I, I wasn't supposed to be an art educator. Or sometimes I just think, how, how did I get here? I, I was really going into, um, uh, as you said, school reform Ooh, and... Bridget, you've gone off mic just a little bit, so... Okay. Hard to um, Come back. I'm sorry. Yes. Can you hear me? Uh, yeah, go ahead. All right. Um, you know, I got started in this because I worked at 
uh, Boston Children's Museum, and it was freaking me out that I had really little kids, Rhonda, like three-year-olds stepping up to the table and just freezing. And mm. I couldn't imagine being in an art studio and some lady pushes a tray toward me with a lump of clay and just kind of looking around and looking to their parents for cues, looking for me to cues and, and just being frozen. That's really troubling. And that's not natural. Like I, I would hate for the parent to say, well, he's not an artist. He's three. <laughs> you know? He's four. Something has gone on in preschool or at home that has kind of snipped these wires. That's a problem. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and, and, and much more so for low income kids, by the way. And that's really how I got charged up about this was really thinking about creative development or lack thereof as a civil rights issue as a way in which we, we keep a caste system in the United States by disabling uh, people creatively who need it the most, who will have the most barriers in life and need to be flexible thinkers and innovators to make their way through those challenges. Well, a lot, of, I, I would say, I would venture to say that, 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 that already that there's so much creativity in, in survival and in, in communities where we have to survive. <laughs> yeah. There's so much to, for, to, to be learned there. But yeah. we can make it, right? As a, as, a, as a society, we could make it easier. Yes? <laughs> right. I mean, having worked in uh, Boston public schools um, in, in Dorchester versus having taught in a Montessori school, right? It doesn't cost more to teach in a different way with a, a different relationship to kids and their processes. But it does cost more to go to school, right, to learn those things. And so you've got um, kids who are attending schools with teachers who are less likely to be trained in different, more open-ended, progressive ways of teaching um, versus other kids who are, you know, showing up at the art table with an entire visual vocabulary, you know, and an ease and a comfort with just totally exploring materials and thinking outside of the box because they've had much different opportunities. Yes. So, I, that's, it's just, I'm just so sad that the, the three-year-old with the clay not knowing, or just something not knowing to just start playing. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Well, let's just have a moment of, uh, of, of silence on the radio to, th to think about that. Yes. Ooh. So do you have any more good tools? So, so far we've uh, taken our favorite color. We've yep. uh, taken four things and, uh, and put ourselves in different corners with our family or friends and created something. What have we yep. done? We, we have creative dinners Monday. Right. Yeah. Drink, uh, uh, yes, uh, really dinners in outer space dinners in a different language oh my goodness yeah oh cool cool I want um, something else that you can do is you take your pen and you just make swirly scribbles for you know like 10 seconds or something and then you look at your swirly scribbles and you have to find something in there and that is a kind of a very particular sort of divergent thinking it's actually called pareidolia one of my favorite fun facts is the word for <laughs> The human habit of projecting imagery onto random data. So looking at the clouds and being like, oh my gosh, it's a guy running from the tax man or whatever. <laughs> oh, or, look, you know, rabbit, yes. <laughs> yeah, seeing a face in the carpet or something. So if you are staring at these scribbles and going, there's nothing there, I see nothing, but you really keep turning your paper around until you do see something and tracing over it. Um, that is something that I use uh, with students who are kind of creatively stuck or don't feel like doing art or they're just not into it. Um, but it would be interesting for adults that are not into art. Just if you're going to be sitting there, you know, uh, doodling while you're on the phone or something, you might as well make some doodles and go back to it in a minute and see if you can't find something in there. Well, that's interesting. Yes. Um, how many people on the phone do doodle? Everyone hands hands up. 
right. counting hands. You can put them down now. Okay. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Are you doodling? Um, the musicians, are you talking to your friends and playing your guitar? Are you mm -hmm. humming? You know, are mm -hmm. you, uh, what, what's, what's going on? Are your feet moving? Are you the ones who can only talk on the phone if you're pacing? Right. You know? Yeah. And that's, that's just activating, you know, talking about wellness that is activating, uh, often getting both parts of your brain to talk to each other. And I really think the right brain left thing is a little bit outplayed and oversimplified, but, um, there is truth to moving your body while you're thinking to mark making in particular with like handwriting versus typing is a completely different, um, mental physiological process i mean so many things happen when we have a pen in hand um and as therapists people know that if they get people to actually write things um pen to paper that's taking some of the uh charge out of whatever emotional um information they're processing and so even if you're just doodling you don't have to you know it's actually more stressful it is actually work for artists to create a wonderful likeness of something but if you're just mark making sort of compulsive mark making that is therapeutic and i think everybody out there can can relate to that and can admit that right mm-hmm i i i i can i can yeah I well you and i are on the same page once again raise your hand um yes and um what about using the right if you're right-handed use your left hand if you're left-handed use your right hand what you know yeah, I mean, I've, I've definitely, as somebody who's been in therapy for uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, that was some, a practice that my therapist had me doing for um, some deeper sort of inner child work. And man, that was freaky. I don't know if you've ever done any of that work, but definitely different. I was able to have a conversation uh, that I was not able to have just journaling. So I mm -hmm. think that's, that's a whole other really fascinating thing. Is, is switching it up. But if we're just going to talk non-therapeutically, isn't that just the same as going for a walk and only looking down, right? It's just mixing up something both with your body and with where you're putting your attention that's kind of making, giving yourself a more spacious, uh, fluid thought process. And I, I really like the thought of spaciousness. Like um, anybody can get into, if you're a knitter or you know, coloring and those coloring books that were like all the rage a couple of years ago. That's an unconscious, uh, a led by unconscious process, right? You're in a space, a very rare space of non-judgment. Um, yeah. So anytime you can create that kind of spacious, just play for yourself is so healthy. Play, 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 play. How does that really, are people breaking out in cold sweats or are you totally psyched now, <laughs> totally ready to get to, uh, you know, keep, take your radio with you on WERU um, and continue and uh, to, to do these uh, kinds of exercises and, and start to um, not think, I'm not, I mean, you're saying they're not even the prefrontal cortex thinking because we know mm -hmm. we've got so many programs yeah. here on this, uh, on healthy options um, about trauma and about how we have to get back into the nervous system, which mm -hmm. is not a thinking process. And, mm -hmm. and it's almost like we are bypassing, although we are thinking when we're creating, but we're, we're allowing and when we get into the prefrontal cortex, when we get into the judgment part, we were, we're kind of shutting off the, right. uh, that, that sense of, as you say, spaciousness or getting the juices flowing. So we invite everybody to, um, right, to, to perhaps even for that five minutes a day, as you said, with a prompt yeah. or with a, with a little bit of structure or the walk to, to allow, allow, to allow yeah. yourself. And and as some people are, are prepping for a winter in a pandemic, and, and a lot of us are expecting to uh, possibly have, um, uh, have to go back into hiding <laughs> if flu season and higher coronavirus numbers come at us and we find ourselves this winter um, quarantining again. Some people are preparing for that. And uh, preparing their immune systems, people have improved their diets, people are taking um, 
more vitamin C and vitamin D, I really suggest that you figure out now what your creative outlet is going to be during the winter. Um, see it as an opportunity to prioritize giving yourself, um, can you find a new hobby? Can you take, there's so many online classes and it doesn't have to be art, but just something very different, very uh, something that your curiosity calls you to. This is the time to figure that out, to get it set in stone, to have, you know, to sign up for the class, pay for it. So you actually follow through, but have that stress relief through a creative practice built into your winter to boost your immune system, to emotionally stabilize yourself, to help you stay in a creative, non-rigid flow when um, things become uh, more difficult, frankly, this winter. Absolutely. And I just, I do want to say, since this is uh, going out into the, to the, to the ether and to the, to the world, um, not everyone needs vitamin D right now to, to your immune system. Right. But we can have a conversation about that. So, right. There's, you're not there's, a, whole, yes. there's yes. a whole mess of weird things people are doing yeah. to prep for coronavirus and to prep for right. other but things. We, we, I'm we not saying not whether or not they're yeah, I'm not saying whether or not they're rational or not. <laughs> yes, yes, we will not go into that at this point. That, that, that of course, is another conversation in another show. But <laughs> we're not giving medical advice right here. No. Uh, however, the idea of create of doing something that that also allows you to um, be spacious and open that aspect, that creative aspect. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And. Um, I know we can we can send. I know Bridget uh, Natros, you're doing classes for uh, right, and things are happening on Zoom and Facebook over at Waterfall Arts. There are other aspects as well, other other um, offerings um, all over the all over the uh, the state and the country. Yeah. I mean, and now we have the option to uh, to tap into things all over the world, which is yeah unbelievable. I know uh, people are actually taking classes with one of the Tai Chi masters in China on Tuesday nights at nine o'clock, literally live from China. You can that is so a, cool. You can take it. <laughs> I mean, okay. Right? So technology. Wild. And I want to also uh, let people know about the Main Arts Journal, where Bridget writes her article, Creativity's Big Moment. And it's a pretty much a lot of what we've been talking about here. Um, I, we are coming to the end. We're, we're really going to be running out of time shortly. So um, last p words here. What, what, what is our parting words here, uh, uh, Bridget, Bridget uh, Matros from uh, Waterfall Arts? What are we, what are we saying to, to people? Oh, gosh. I would, I would hope that um, listeners who, you know, I know that in some ways we're preaching to the choir um, with your listeners, but folks out there who, whose first response is, yeah, this isn't me. I don't do this or who roll their eyes and go, okay, whatever, this little frou-frou, let's talk about creativity. I would really implore those people to take a minute to think about what their needs are for wellness and what their needs are for um, the survival of their job, of their employment, um, of making it through weird economic times and, and prioritize strengthening their, their creative thinking. There you go. Do that. And uh, really think outside the box, take your favorite yeah. color, four shapes, and then go wherever you need to go with your, uh, with your musical four shapes, with your culinary four shapes, yes. <laughs> with your uh, exercise four shapes. Yeah. Go for it. All right. Um, we, as I said, I think we're at the end of, of time. And we did, as we said, we had to be creative to get this Zoom link to work. So I'm very proud of us. And um, yay. 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 I'd like to thank you, uh, Bridget uh, Matros, for joining us today and sharing your ideas, ideas, expertise, and experience. And thank you for reminding us that we are all using our creative selves, even if we don't identify our actions as creative. And as we find new ways to connect with each other and new ways to work and survive these crazy times. There are uh, waterfallarts.org. You can uh, see what's offered there and also get in touch with Bridget through there. And we'll have links to these and and some of the other um, 
things that, that you mentioned. Um, in the meantime, if you missed any part of this program or would like to share it, please go to weru.org to find our recent Healthy Options programming on demand. Many thanks to Amy Brown and Joel Mann for their uh, WERU assistance in getting all of this out onto the uh, airwaves. Petra Hall for production assistance. And a big thanks to you, all of you, our dedicated WERU listeners and supporters. Thank you for supporting Community Radio this crazy time. This is Rhonda Feynman, and I'm wishing you the best in health.